This program features interviews with respected healthcare industry experts on current topics of substantial national importance. Your host for the program is David Intricasso, a DC-based healthcare policy analyst and researcher. We invite you to comment on the program by visiting thehealthcarepolicypodcast.com. Now, here's David. Welcome to the Healthcare Policy Podcast. Again, I'm the host, David Intracasso. During this podcast, we'll discuss Vermont's Green Mountain Care Program. With me to discuss the topic is Molina Healthcare's Joshua Slen. Uh, welcome, Joshua. Um, thanks for having me, Dave. Thank you. On background, uh, a few comments. Three years ago this month, Governor Peter Shumlin signed legislation creating the first state-level single-payer publicly financed universal health care system named Green Mountain Care. The law recognizes health care as a public good, much like electricity. Green Mountain Care, not expected to go into effect until 2017, will be defined by an independent board, the Green Mountain Care Board, created to oversee all variables of the program, including how the fund, how to fund the program, rather, rate setting, hospital budget authorization, and regulation of insurance carriers. The single-payer system is expected to increase insurance claim costs, but savings, but the savings derived from lower administrative costs are expected to result in net savings. Again, with me to discuss Green Mountain Care is Joshua Slen. Uh, Josh's bio is, of course, posted on the website, and to note, uh, Joshua's comments are his own. So with that, uh, let me begin. Uh, Joshua, let me uh, start by asking how politically was Vermont able to pass uh, Green Mountain Care in 2011? Thanks, David. I, I'm happy to be here today. And uh, as a way of discussing, an, as, as a way of giving you an answer to the, your question, let me say that uh, Vermont has a long history of uh, progressive uh, politics and of collaborative uh, motion forward in healthcare. And to that end, uh, Vermont has several decades of expansion uh, in the healthcare area activities that, that have built up to this point. So it's not something that just happened overnight. And I want to be clear that in the 1980s, Vermont started doing uh, innovative healthcare work, and in the 1990s did significant children's healthcare expansion, and then in the 2000s, early 2000s, began expanding um, to adults as well. And that expansion continued um, through uh, the time that I was with the state through 2008, and the 2011 expansion and movement forward towards 2017 um, where where the state hopes to implement a, a full single-payer program in that time frame is really incremental movement uh, for a state like Vermont that's progressively expanded health care over time. Okay, thank you. So where then presently uh, is the state of Vermont enrolling out uh, this plan and uh, or what work uh, has Green Mountain Care, uh, the Green Mountain Care Board, accomplished uh, to date? Yeah, so the there's a there's a uh, quite a few different things happening in Vermont um, that would be helpful to to understand. One is that 
Vermont's um, Green Mountain Care Board, that legislation that enacted that uh, gave pulled a bunch of different pieces and parts of Vermont's healthcare system under the jurisdiction of that new board. Um, and one of the biggest pieces of that is the Medicaid program within Vermont, which in my previous answer I talked about a bunch of the expansions that were done. All of those expansions were done under the Medicaid, under the offices of the Medicaid program in Vermont. In some instances, those public expansions were paid for with 100% state dollars, and in some instances they were paid for with federal and state dollars as, as appropriate. Um, but those expansions um, um, were, by and large, expansions that were placed under that Medicaid program. The Green Mountain Care Board um, has authority over all of the public programs and, and uh, responsibility for um, the innovation awards that the state has from the federal government uh, and uh, for the improvements in quality as well that are um, within um, state government and um, private the private sector um, and so uh, that overarching uh, Green Mountain Care Board has been able to uh, move forward many programs that, again, started incrementally a long time ago and have um, really been pulled together and are evolving at this point. Okay, okay. Um, so as uh, all states now have uh, via the ACAA marketplace, uh, Vermont has its own called One Care Vermont. How does One Care Vermont serve as a bridge or interim step in implementing uh, this plan. Yeah, so so let me just make one correction. Vermont's um, health insurance exchange is called Vermont Health Connect. Uh, One Care Vermont is a, an ACO concept that uh, the two largest uh, two largest healthcare systems in the state of Vermont and New Hampshire uh, combine to serve. Medicare patients uh, between them, and so my my uh, mistake. Apologies. So no, no, that's fine. I think One Care Vermont is an interesting, uh, again, evolution um, and combination uh, of two different major institutions to serve uh, Medicare enrollees. Um, Vermont Health Connect uh, is the Vermont health insurance exchange and, uh, again, coordinated under the umbrella of uh, Green Mountain Care Board, uh, but this particular piece, the health insurance exchange, is one which every state did, either had to do independently or under the ACA or, or defaulted to the federal exchange. Vermont built its own exchange. Uh, in large part, the decision to do that was driven by the fact that that Vermont has a pro again that progressive history in healthcare and a desire to move towards uh, covering everybody, um, and irrespective of of payer or employment. And so that um, publicly espoused political desire. Is, is one which, which drove Vermont to create its own uh, exchange. And my understanding of that exchange, and again, I'm not operating any of these, of these uh, pieces and parts of state, of state 
government or policy at this point in time, uh, but I am a very interested observer, um, is that that exchange is working quite well in Vermont. And my guess would be that Vermont Health Connect would be the instrument uh, through which uh, the Green Mountain Care uh, program would be run. Well, it's the front door. Uh, at one point in time, before we even had the option for a health insurance exchange, uh, we called upon the state, called upon itself to create a screen door, if you will, a door through which, at the front of the at the front of the healthcare system, everyone could could get in. And so that now is Vermont Health Connect, right? That's the front door and intended to be the front door for everyone as we move forward in time. Okay, thank you. Let me ask next then, what role will private insurance carriers play in Green Mountain Care? So here's where we get to uh, the limits of, of where we are today, and that is um, certainly uh, private insurers, uh, of which there's only a, a handful in Vermont, uh, have played an important and integral role over the, over the, you know many many decades in insuring Vermonters, and it's unclear at this point in time, at least to me, um, where we head come 2017 or come single payer. There are certainly options that um, have been discussed that I'm aware of uh, where where private insurance, you know, continues to, to play a to play a role. Um, but what exactly that role will be um, remains to be determined. Oh, interesting, interesting. Let me next then ask about financing. Of course, always uh, the nut here. How will uh, at least um, what are the options uh, relative to how this plan will be uh, financed? Yeah, so that's an interesting question again. Uh, the financing uh, question is one which which comes up early, often, and uh, and ultimately is a is a enormous driver of the discussions for any major um, change within government and. Healthcare is no different. Um, in a small state like Vermont, with a small rural state like Vermont, with 600,000 total um, total Vermonters, and a billion-dollar um, Medicaid program, a five billion-dollar health insurance industry in Vermont, um, figuring out how to pay for that single payer, if you will, is really about how to adjust who pays what when, because we're paying for that system today, right, of course. And so as you move to a, a single payer system, the question is, how do you convert that? You know, we're not talking here about spending uh, more money for the single payer system. Um, in, in fact, some of the hope is that you would spend less money on a, on a more efficient Single payer system, but that that really remains to be seen. And the big the big issue is how do you rearrange payments so that it's equitable, fair, efficient, all all of those things. And that's a lot of talking to get to the answer, which is you know at this point we don't have a payment um, 
a publicly approved or even presented and discussed uh, payment change methodology that's been um, that's out there for anyone to look at. So uh, I I expect every Vermonter at this point that's aware of this. Um, important public policy discussion expects the governor to present uh, a payment plan in the next uh, general assembly, which would be in Jan in January of 2015. Okay. Technical question as a follow-up: uh, Will not whatever is um, planned would not it require federal approval because it will use uh, Vermont will use its share of federal Medicaid funding? Well, yes. Presumably, um, there would be at least uh, one federal agency, and, and I suspect several involved in approvals. And there's a discussion. There's, there's a number of complicated discussions here that have to occur. And um, it's not just ERISA, uh, but also TRICARE, Medicare and Medicaid, as well as as the local discussions around small business small business plans, private insurers, and um, I'm sure I'm leaving out half a dozen other important entities, including uh, as it comes to mind our local governments throughout the state. And so all of those entities and more have to be party to any change in the way financing occurs today. Okay. Since uh, much of the uh, Green Mountain care is yet to be determined, it may not be fair to say or label them critics of uh, Green Mountain care, but let me ask uh, skeptics of the passage of the 2011 law, uh, what, do, what do skeptics say about this effort, or what have they said so far? Yeah, so I, I think that there's um, certainly folks within the state and external to the state who are, if not overtly critical, there's some of those for sure, um, are um, cautious in their how do we get there from here type questions. And, and there's a lot of reasonable questions in that, in that area. Um, how do we assure that um, folks have continued access to care that uh, pricing uh, doesn't uh, get negatively impacted by any consolidation that occurs, uh, making sure that individuals with special health care needs are taken care of is certainly going to be of, of paramount importance to the state and to many advocates, um, appropriately so. And the Medicaid program, the the local advocates around um, different constituencies that are served by that program today, and the federal advocates, um, certainly all are concerned about about those uh, particular issues. And uh, you know, I share um, those concerns. I don't personally believe that that any of those concerns are insurmountable, but they are technically complex and take a, take uh, reasonable folks can take quite a bit of time to figure those things out appropriately. And, and I should note, uh, relative skeptics, when the uh, bill 
uh, passed the state legislature was largely on a partisan um, vote. Let me ask in conclusion then, um, again, this is, uh, has a substantial way still yet to evolve, but what's your sense of how Vermont's effort uh, will influence national policy? Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. You'll note that when the ACA passed that uh, Massachusetts was held up and, and used uh, appropriately so for the great work that's been done in Massachusetts um, around, uh, around access. Vermont doing very similar things around access um, was not used as the, as the poster child for the federal, uh, and federal push. And um, Vermont's small. Um, that doesn't mean that, that there's not things that can be learned here as an incubator, as a leader in areas where larger states have not um, more complex issues, but but more issues, you know. So lots of lots of the same issues just multiplied in, in size and potential impact on humans. And so Vermont's a good place to incubate a lot of those ideas. And so on the national debate front, I think that Vermont um, is used uh, internally. I have you know personal knowledge of of lots of things that we've done in Vermont where staff-level federal folks are very interested in how do we get there from here, what did the reporting look like, um, how did the implementation go, all of those types of learning events that can be used um, in the promulgation of future federal and state policies and RFP writing, all of those types of details that have helped us actually advance the ball. Um, and Vermont's been very successful at expanding coverage. Um, to individuals and at improving health outcomes for individuals and and uh, whether or not we get to true single payer in the next x number of years uh, and whether or not you're a critic of that approach or or all for that approach uh, there's plenty of advances and learnings in that effort that helps inform the national debate very helpful very helpful would you be willing to speculate on what states are, say, paying, uh, spending more or paying more attention to Vermont than other states? Yeah, I don't. I don't know which states are paying more or less attention to to Vermont. Okay. Okay. Well, Joshua, we're at uh, our time boundary, and I want to say thank you again. Very illuminating, helpful conversation. I appreciate it. Thanks, David. You have just heard another edition of the Healthcare Policy Podcast hosted by David Intricasso. To comment on this program or others, to see information about upcoming interviews, to suggest a program topic, or to hear an archived program, please visit our website, thehealthcarepolicypodcast.com. Thank you for listening, and please listen again soon.